When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. On SEM Tassie, Jack and Flash. With Jack Revolt and David Lithgow. Good Friday morning and welcome back to another big week of Jack and Flash right here on SEN Tassie with, of course, me, Jack Revolt, and on the other end of the line, David Flash Lithgow. We're, of course, live on 1629 SEN Tasmania and 1611 SEN track for the nor- northern Tasmania for the northern part of the state and across the country on the SEN agent. It's all thanks to Harrison Agents selling your home. Contact Harrison Agents today, you, of course, Flashman. How are we down there, David? Good morning. How are you? Going. How's going, that hand of yours going, mate? That's going, what I want to know. Going very well. Before we get into that, if you want to get involved in the show today, give us a call on 1342 1533. Send us a text on 0437 555 Or you can tweet us on uh, at... at SEN, get involved in the show today. Your talking points, obviously, a big week of sport, a big week of ho- well, a whole host of things have been going on, Oof, David. But gee. yes, uh, what's well, so your initial question? How's, well, yes, yeah, sorry to hit yes. you up early, but uh, your hand. I mean, it's a big, going on? it's it's a big week, of course, with Maddie's match, um, which we we all we you know we love that. That's mm. tremendous, and I know you'd like to be playing. Mm. Um, any little bit of mail for us here on? Is he in Tasmania? How are you feeling, pal? Feeling, I'm feeling very good. Uh, today, well, due to the Sunday game, today's the main training, so I'll be going out later on this morning and giving okay. the hand the, the, the ones over to see if I can prove my fitness. Super. Uh, but very hard to change a winning side, David. Very, very hard to change <laughs> a winning side. <laughs> you don't mean that. I'm that tells saying, me you're I'm not playing, saying, by the way. Anyway, okay, I think you've answered the question. Change a, a winning side. Of course, Maddie's match coming up this Sunday. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later Just on. quickly, Reggie McDermott, 100, the Tassie yes, boy, this yes. overnight. What a chase that was by Pakistan, by yes, the way. Yes. My gosh. We will talk about the cricket a little bit later on. Uh, obviously, a huge night of sport again. Not as big as huge. last Thursday night, but still some big things happening. One of the, well, I think arguably probably, we'll talk about the two biggest things in my eyes in the in this first little segment here, of course. Yep. Uh, Shane Warne, the Memorial Flash. Uh, uh, an amazing, an amazing thing. It, it was more... More like a rock concert or a concert than, Amazing, than a memorial. Was, it but was what, too. What were your initial thoughts on on uh, the send off for Warney? Um, quite extraordinary. What a production that the the team put together as well. Um, Eddie McGuire, he's certainly got his critics, that's for sure. But you want to talk about professionalism, um, getting something spot on to to the detail. Congratulations to all, and they made it. What about the TV audience? Everybody in the world was watching, which is the quite remarkable thing. A billion people watched it. A billion people. 
There's eight, How many people watch the Super Bowl? I don't know. Not, not certainly not that many. There's, there's eight That's billion people in the world. So you're telling me that one eighth of the world's population tuned. You in saw to that. A, you're stealing that tweet from someone the other day. An eighth of the population watched that. I saw it. No, anyway, it's, that's, that's okay. stats, David. If there's one I'm billion people of, watching and there's eight billion people in the world, yes, I did steal it from that tweet. Of course okay, you did. I yeah, Call me out on that. Well done. Uh, but. <laughs> Well, is, is that, is that, if I, have I heard wrong there or read wrong? Is it true with one billion people? I don't know. Um, sometimes these things can get um, somewhat exaggerated, but regardless exactly what the figure was, it was an enormous turnout. Everybody in Asia watching, of course, to somebody who's a hero. We've talked about him before. He's the greatest cricketer I've ever seen by a long margin. Um, the kids... Uh, Robbie Williams, you know, the different stories like that. They've rolled everybody out. No, Liz Hurley, um, just reading last night about Liz, she couldn't she couldn't do her part. Um, it was just too hard for her. I've found what um, Shane's kids did was remarkable. Um, very, very strong. Just just really to hold their nerve and, and do what they did, that, that must have taken something inside them. They had to dig really deep. Incredible production. Um what a send-off. Yes, yes. Oh, so, well, our producer, Mitch Scott, go, uh, made us aware of a great tw- tweet during the week. He was there? Uh, he was there. Uh, yep. But the, t- the tweet was uh, around the fact that Warney's best hat-trick were, were his three children. Of course, they got oh, up and talked about their father. And, and uh, it, it must have been so hard. It, whilst it was, it's still a celebration, it's a celebration of, of, of Warney's life. And, and you've only got to look at the cast of people that were involved in the in the. Um, in the memorial to know that his he's, he's range is so wide. He, he, he did so many things. He was involved in so many, within so many people and, and big celebrities and sports stars yep. right down to the United Nations. And, and um, you just, it, it, it really was fascinating just to, to see people there. But it's still, it still is a memorial for an icon and a hero of, of Australian culture. So very, very well done by Eddie Maguire and uh, and his mob there. So um, Jackson Jackson Warren just finally on up. Just he was incredible and in talking about how he's going to now be the father figure for his sisters. Um, just so many big moments. Very teary thing, and it's certainly something that I wouldn't have expected to to feel watching it. But uh, that's what happened, mate. Amazing. Yes, I think it even captured people that didn't even follow cricket or. Maybe didn't have Warney as a hero, but they still they still watched it and and, and uh, didn't we haven't we learnt more? Sorry about Shane too in terms of his generosity. Yes. In terms of how every you watched his doco. No, but you 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 did. And, yes, and you, great. It, it, it's I'll tell you, it's eerie now. It is eerie that he doc he he made this an hour and a half documentary, which is available on Amazon Prime for people that want to go and watch it. That uh, he made this doco and then. Merely six months later, he's passed away. It's like he sort of knew what was going to happen, um, and I'm not, I'm not saying that he did know or anything like that. But it, it, it delves into my, my favourite moment, and then I won't spoil it too much. Is his involvement in the in the Rajasthan Royals and the initial kickoff of the IPL? Uh, yep. And and what the his teammates and and the people involved in that initial push for for the Rajasthan Royals, even the owner of of the team, and how they speak about Warney the the person and Warney, the captain and coach of, of of the Rajasthan Royals, who obviously went on to win that first edition of the IPL. Very, 
Very good. I, I, I implore anyone that, that watched the memorial the other night to go and hasn't seen the, the, the Warren um, documentary to go and have a bit of a look at it because it sort of puts a lot of things into shape and into perspective as well. Flash. The other phenomenal. one. They're phenomenal. The other one uh, which happened, uh, what well, happened uh, last week, uh, was Buddy's 1,000th wow. goal. Yes. You didn't happen to divert yourself uh, up on, you know, you know, you were heading home to Hobart last Friday morning after recording the show here. Uh, you didn't happen to jump on a flight to Sydney and make your way up to the SCG? No, I didn't uh, do that, but what an occasion it was. Um, it was a good crowd, wasn't it? 37,000 people and most of them got on the ground and managed to hustle through the two or three security guards that were around the ground and um, incredible scenes and just watching Buddy come off the ground and there was some anguish there there was some nervous moments but Jeez. gosh he handled himself well didn't he yeah like, incredible yeah. Um, yeah kicked another couple now so what's he 1002 after last he played well last night by the way we'll talk about that game a little bit later on but interested um, to know what your celebration was when that uh, that goal went through obviously you couldn't make it along to the ground did you do something ceremonial at home watching the, the football or was it just sitting back quite enjoying emotional, a, actually. a Bogues we've had an emotional 3X. week haven't we um, it was a Bogues 3X it was um, very we've had an emotional week haven't we I'm not a super emotional person but watching that all play out it was um, I was on my own Alex was asleep Sarah was asleep and um I was quite overwhelmed with the whole thing because it's something we're not going to see again. It's very unlikely. Well, how, how many years now since someone's kicked 100 goals? Long time. Um, what are we, 2000, early 2000. I'll just check that in a minute. But it's a lot, 20 years. Or 2007 was when Franklin kicked. Uh, 2008. 2008, 2008. Yeah. yeah. So, um, no, 2007. When they beat Semantics, the Crows though. in that final with that goal. 2008, I'm being told. 2008. It's a long time now, isn't it? So that's 15 years. Um, will we see that again? Will we see 1,000 goals again? Uh, you're not going to get there unless you play till you're your 40. I said 39. I don't so reckon I'll get there if I play till I'm 40. <laughs> no, I'm not sure you will. The Hawks, at least five years away. He could play two or three. Yeah. Don't think he'll get, don't think he's going to get close. It's some, and that's, I think, the gravity of it all is, um, you know, uh, will we see it again? I don't think we will. One thing I want to talk about, and, and it's a little bit of the, the, the byproduct, a little yes. sort of side story from, from Buddy's thousandth goal, and I want to get our fans involved in this one. So, of course, text us on 0437 555 or call us on 1300 The story uh, about the ball, uh, and of course, ah, yes. Alex Wheeler, who took that, geez, I reckon, <laughs> nomination Courage. for Mark of the Year, come five deep. <laughs> Norton style over the back, big pack mark like and that, and had to turn sort of sideways a little bit. Protected it and nicely. Just, yeah, he, did. Um, he obviously got the ball and then and gave it back to Lance. And probably one of the most awkward press conferences I've ever seen. Buddy was there for the ball and then wanted to get it and see you later. But this is what he got uh, for for a ball. Actually, can you put a price on the ball for me? What do you reckon? On the open market, Gee, um, hundred? Is it hundred? Is that too yeah, much? I reckon hundred grand's about right. So Alex got yeah. a five-year membership, a jumper, some boots—not match worn, just some boots that had Buddy One Thousand on them, and a thank you note from Horse. Um, Hang on, wasn't there a bit more? No, if, if you slightly undersized that, light, yeah. very, very light. Uh, in so Tom Brady, who threw his six hundredth touchdown ball. Yep. The guy that uh, guy that got that, he got two signed jerseys, a helmet from Tom Brady, a signed Mike Evans jersey. Some cleats, 1K of credit, and a Bitcoin. 
So Bitcoin's trading yes. about sort of sixty to eighty thousand dollars Australian. Two yep. seasons, sorry, and two season passes for remaining the year. So, surely he'd be filthy, wouldn't he, Alex? He's been a bit light. This, this is a bit dear to my heart. I, I haven't told you this story before. But no, I, I, want, I, this is, I do. I, you have told I, me this story, I so I want to. I want to float it. Well, no, I haven't told you. What the have full you pinched? Excision. Um, what have you? What have you? Look, what have you swindled? A, That's what I want to hear from people. What have you swindled? So, David, what have you swindled? There hasn't been uh, many AFL games played in Tassie over the last thirty years, especially prior to Hawthorne. But I did uh, manage to find a few balls over the time. Collingwood St Kilda when I was young. Commas? I'll make it brief. But Collingwood St Kilda, you had the old. Remember York Park a bit before your time? They had the old hedge on the back. And I planted myself on the hedge. Invermay Park's over the back. And I waited uh, till I got an opportunity to get the ball. There was no stand there. I got the ball, chucked it over the back of Vivermay Park, skipped the fence, ran off for that one. Tick. Then Hawthorne played Fitzroy in the, the mid to late 90s. No, 96, I think. And as a young kid, I waited all day. Hawthorne blew them out. Dunstall kicked six. And I waited until somebody took a mark in front of the Horry Goring stand, right in the goal square. No one was onto this. And I bolted right around the back of North Hobart, left the ground, waited there for about a whole uh, 10 seconds because I had to move quickly. I was really agile. And waited. Dunstall, Dunstall kicked it over the top of the Horry Goring stand, lands on the street, bang, got it, took off, stashed it, went back to the game. <laughs> Sounds dreadful. But the best one was probably uh, Adelaide played. Um, Hawthorne down here as, as York Park was newly developed ground and there was no grandstand in the back. We had seven or eight mates. We were having contests all day trying to take a catch behind the behind the goals. I saw my opportunity. Darren Jarman had 40 off a halfback flank, by the way, but he went forward, kicked a goal. I got the footy. Um, I threw it over the back of the fence. No, and I, and I, and I jumped the fence. It was a beautiful Sharon. And I was off and gone away. No one could see it. So I'm, I'm sort of sort of half jogging towards Prady's down there, and all of a sudden, on my right hand side, I see this security guard coming at me. <laughs> and he it. was a big dude. He was a big dude. He was probably six foot, one hundred and ten kilos, I reckon. He was coming at me right. One thing I am is reasonably fleet-footed. I had to balk him. I did a sidestep around him. He almost lost his foot. I don't know if he fell over. That's this is true, by the way. And I bolted down to the park, stashed it, and me and the guys afterwards kicked to kick for for. For an hour and ten minutes <laughs> with this beautiful Sharon, but oh, very good. That's a true story. Very good. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing. So I've got sympathy for I've got a couple of little stories that I will tell after the break, and we are providing, uh, well, like parliamentary privilege here. If you tell us on the airways, we'll guarantee you that parliamentary. Well, privilege. Unless it's unless it's really bad, you might get in trouble. But if it's not too bad, ring up and give us a, give us a call and let us know what you've pinched, what you've pilfered from a sporting uh, sporting game, and and. Do you still have it? So it'd be very exciting to, to hear that. Oh, well, the show's kicked off here, but we have got a massive, massive show here. We're going to chat to Simon Brookhouse later on, to chat all things Jack Jumpers. But after this, we're going to wrap up sport from last night and the week. This is Jack and Flash on SEN Tasmania. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today on SEN Tassie. Jack and Flash with Jack Revolt and David Lifter. Welcome back to Jack and Flash right here on SEN Tasmania. We've kicked off the show. The Flashman's told us how he used to pilfer the footies at any game that he used to go. He used to swindle them, throw them in the backpack. Of course, today's April Fool's. Caught this one, Flash, before I tell my story, I just caught this one on supercars.com. Cam Waters, who's a big driver in the supercars, of course, the Taz... 
The Ned Super Sprint last week down at Simmons Plains, which was taken out. Clean sweep by Shane Van Gisbergen. Cam Waters, who's a driver for Tickford, he, uh, he's making the way, or a very good driver for Tickford. He's actually making his way into the uh, rodeo um, professional bull riders. So he's making his way across from supercars in the, well, what can be only to be described as, well, it is an April Fool's joke, of course, but uh, an interesting one here by supercars.com. Uh, I caught this one here. This, this was very funny, this comment here. Um, this is, so this is Tim Edwards. So he's the, the managing director of Tickford. Of course, oh, yes. you always want to achieve more, but we had the goal of winning a championship together, but he's decided to go and sit on cows instead of sitting them in them in the race car. Pretty disappointing <laughs> for us as a team. So be very aware on social media this morning, people. Of course, it is April Fool's. Uh, some, I, I heard there's a big whisper coming out of Tigerland. I can't release it because it's still embargoed until oh, around oh. Nine, mid 9, 15-ish. So if you're a Tigers fan... Have a look at the socials around 9.15, but uh, beware. Don't fall for it, people out there. Of course, April Fool's today. I just had a quick one from uh, Tom Trifford, of course. You know, Tom is a colleague is of mine boss? at Harrison Agency. Um, I'm not sure he's my boss, actually, but that's another conversation. But uh, he actually let the team know that, that Zac Efron's um, down the road at his mate's restaurant for lunch today, if anyone's, <laughs> right, if anyone's keen to spot Zac. Zac Efron's um, in town today, is no, he? No, I think that was a... April Fool's from ah, his perspective, but yes, um, good, we've hit the ground good. running at Harrison good. Agents as yeah. well, mate. I can assure well, you. Well, we, we did put the call out for, for what have you, Pilford, and and Steve on the text line, 0437 552 if you want to get involved. says, when I was on the mainland, the kids used to listen to the old transistor radio outside yes. the ground in the front of Princess Park, so they knew when the goal was about to be kicked and, and come over the fence. Of course, they'd grab it. Awesome. And Bolt, so they knew where it was coming over because of the call, uh, and they knew how close it was to the goals, and they would grab footies and run. Says you've got many a footy that way. My own personal story flashes. Of course, I grew up on the Bell Reef Bluff, and we would go down, um, well, I used to pilfer the Powerades at drinks What's the breaks. Tigers, Tazzy Tigers, yeah, of course. used to pilfer the Powerades and the chewing gum, half-drunk Powerades. But the one that we we, oh, we loved to do was there was some good tea tree around the nets, the outdoor nets down there uh, near the park at Bell Reef Beach. And, of course, cricket balls would come over the nets every now and then, and we used to scurry through the uh, tea tree many an afternoon, oh, late yes. into the afternoon, uh, to get our, uh, get our cricket ball fix. Probably had enough pills there to, to nearly run a whole season, I reckon, of of, uh, of new cricket balls. Uh, but come across the, I suppose, that what we would describe as the talisman of cricket balls, and that was, of course, the white and the red ones. So stitched together, oh, the yes. one-day ball and the four-day ball stitched together. It became a prized, prized icon in the in the Revolt household there. So I used to love getting down there and pilfering a few cricket balls. So the trouble with this conversation as a kid, I, I reckon I've I've got a lot of stories and it probably doesn't paint me in the greatest light. I'm all for that bloke who took that specky and I wish he drove a hard, harder bargain with my swans if I'm being absolutely truthful with it all. Um, power to you, young man. Here we go. So last night was a big night, a big game of football. Of course, uh, the ball is going in 0-2 and, and the Swans have started the season fantastically. But the Bulldogs got their first win on the board for season 2022 with an 11-point win over Sydney at Marvel Stadium. Inaccurate kicking though, Flashman. Yes. That was uh, very, very interesting. It's become a little bit of a little bit prevalent for the Bulldogs, but they still got over the line. 9-17-71 to 9 goals, 6-60. Luke Beveridge, the coach of the Western Bulldogs, had this to say after the game. Uh, yeah, it was a combination of the misses and, and maybe some of those inside 50s. It was a pretty frantic game. 
um, turnover, turnover, and yeah, we, we lacked a bit of composure and, and played on and went quick a few times when we, when we shouldn't have. So, yeah, you hope you haven't um, exhausted your opportunities. And um, But, yeah, I, I felt like we lost our way a little bit again in the third quarter. We let the ball over the back and, and that created um, some scores or some looks for, for Sydney and they're too, uh, too potent. They've got too many threats and they use the ball pretty well uh, to give them up. So it was a combination of, of concerns, but, um, but by and large, um, you know, we were more consistent with, uh, with our output and, um, you know, I think there was probably a landslide with the statistics um, from a quantitative point of view. It's just that quality aspect. So uh, that's encouraging. Um, yeah, and we'd had elements of that in the first couple of rounds, but just not, not for long enough. So, um, and, and it was great to see, you know, some different players really influence the outcome as the course of the game went on. You know, historically, we probably relied on, you know, two, three, or four usual suspects, but um, some of the the, the lesser likes stood up and and really helped us get over the line. And, of course, there is Luke Beveridge, the coach of the Western Bulldogs. And some of the lesser likes that he spoke about, I don't say, like saying the lesser likes, maybe the younger players. Yes, Much man. Tim uh, English, jeez, oh, he was fantastic last night. 24 disposals. He was. Uh, 28 hit-outs went at 66% disposal efficiency. Um, and he's really turning himself into one of the better young ruckmen coming through. It's a, an exciting prospect for, for Bulldogs fans and a game they needed to win. I think Marcus Bonpelli was was fantastic as well. The query with me with English is about um, when he plays the really, really good ruckman, uh, can he compete so much? I think he, he's actually one of the... He's probably on the second tier. He is a good ruck. Of course, he's gone down with an MCL and he was subbed out of the game in the in the third quarter. But English is... We know his ability to cover the ground. What do you have, 24 t- times last yeah. night? So he's just that big aerobic uh, energy. He, he's a bit like Brody Grundy. Grundy's a little bit bigger and a little bit more brutal, but they do play in a... Similar way he's outset. I tell you what, I did love the game of you Hagen last night, and even the things that we're on him, aren't when we? Did, when he didn't touch the footy as well, he did some stuff that was so impactful for the game. Um, I thought he was outstanding. Bad kicking from the dogs. Uh, they very much should have been much further. What in, about in the front. umpiring flash? What about Absolutely the umpiring take? Horrid. Take your, Absolutely horrid. Have you got your swan scarf on when you're making I, these comments? I don't comments? have any scarves on, but it was absolutely horrid. So but let's just—I don't really actually want to talk further about it. It was. It was appalling. Okay, we'll talk further about it. They made, they made uh, Swans just had the absolute raw end of the pineapple. Um, a lot of people have already referenced that grand final from a few years ago, which was horrid. But That's you. Yeah, I have, but no one cares about that. But anyway, um, look, they evened it up a bit at the end. It was 28 to 10 at one stage and finished 31 to 14. Two things here. Um, does it mean you have to be 50-50 with umpiring decisions? Of course you don't. It's never going to work out like that. But it was so lopsided. Critical critical goals that the dogs got on the back of it. But it was funny because with a minute to go, um, Swans... Jeez, they were charging, still, weren't they? They were just coming late. And it, they certainly would have pinched it in absolute fairness if they'd won. So, of course, last night's result, Western Bulldogs got their first win for season 2022, 9-17-71. Uh, Taking down the Swans, 9-6-60. Flash uh, cricket last night. Pakistan have uh, pulled off its biggest ODI run chase in history. The second ODI against Australia to level Series 1-1. Australia set Pakistan, Australia set Pakistan with uh, Tasmania's Ben McDermott. 
Of course, Barabi's maiden ton. How pumped awesome. we see that. But, jeez, uh, Pakistan just, they took it to us, didn't they? 348 they needed to win, and they did it nearly comfortably in the end. Well, they did do it comfortably. Barbar Azam, what a player. Hasn't he had a great series in the oh, tests and, and now the one day is. Incredible player. But, yeah, the Australian tournament, plenty of runs. Travis Head in the runs again. Aaron Finch not in the runs. Is that... Do we need to keep talking about Aaron watch. Finch? I'm not sure why. Watch, watch, Let's watch. be frank about this. Why is he still in this Australian setup? Yeah, certainly it's an interesting Full one. Full stop. Yeah, yeah. No, he, there's the the jungle drums are beating and probably coming for for Finchy. Unfortunately, now our boy Nathan Ellis, he took one for 66 with the ball. Um, I still I like him. I like him. I like he's him. Good. I like him. He's I like good. He's good. Look, they, they, these are hard conditions. These flatties in Pac- Pakistan like this, they're tough for bowlers. They Absolutely. Are, and the Test series has certainly proven that. One quick one off the text line. I tell you this much, Flash. Tom Triffitt tells everyone he is your boss. That one's come in from JB, making sure the people of Tasmania know that Tom Triffitt is your boss, Flash man. Any response to that? No comment. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. On SEN Tassie, Jack and Flash. With Jack Revolt and David Lithgow. Welcome back to Jack and Flash right here on SEN Tasmania, of course, the northern part of the state on SEN Track 1611 and across the country on the SEN app. Now, Flashman, don't know whether you caught this one, but there was a big, big game of football played in the state last week. Relive the rivalry, which, of course, is a community game that is based around raising funds for Beyond Blue. Uh, and it is an absolute star-studded lineup. Uh, the Victorians took the result last week. But one man, and a favourite of both of ours, um, is former Adelaide Crows player. He's premiership coach at the OHA Football Club, and he is a Clarence champion. That, of course, is Ian Wingnut Callanan. And Wingnut, you join us on the line. How are you, mate? Hey, good day, boys. Thanks for having me. Mate, great to have you on board. Uh, now, you... You made your football comeback last week. Of course, um, had the health scare uh, in the last 24 months in the, in the Relive the Rivalry match. How did it feel to be back out on the park? Yeah, it felt, felt amazing, mate. Obviously, it was just a uh, muck around game. The, uh, the word went out not to touch me. So, um, yeah, it was actually good to run around for once in my career and no one following me. So, um, yeah, it was obviously good to run around with some past Tassie champions and some... some Obviously, great footballers that have played for Victoria. So, um, obviously, the game was originally started from, you know, Tassie in the 1990 uh, state game. James Wiggins, the promoter, decided to, to run a game that, that uh, highlighted that. And then, obviously, it's rolled into a fantastic charity. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a great fun. I've played about four of them now. And I think uh, it sort of gets better every year. Good morning, Wingy. Um, people that don't know you, of course, before you, um, you know, your terrible life setback a couple of years ago, you're one of these blokes that you definitely would have played to your 40. Um, e- easily, David. That, easily. And I reckon, Speedy Standard wouldn't have kicked 38 if Wingnut was playing. I can tell you that right uh, now. Uh, he would have, I'm saying 42, 43 would, was not out of the question. Um, how did you go, mate, when the, when the leather first came your way? Yeah, it's fair to say I wasn't wasn't the fittest guy out there, uh, Flash. I probably haven't done this in a couple of years, so it's fair to say the windbag wasn't wasn't too good. But uh, like I said, the boys really looked after me, and yeah, like I said, it was just a, a no touch policy. So um, yeah, I sort of got it when I wanted. It, to be honest, um, it's just good fun, and yeah, like I said, there were some pretty good players out there. It was just good to 
you know, experience, you know, guys that I'd never played against or guys that have played in different eras and they got to run around here and have a bit of fun. Of course, some of those great players, look at the Victorian side, I can see Leon Davis had a run around, the great Fev. What, what was it like playing against Fev? Yeah, I played against Fev a couple of times, actually. Oh, he's a champion, mate. He's um, he's a really good guy, actually. I um, We were lucky enough to get him down for the Rugby Cooney Club uh, a few weeks ago and uh, did a sports night with us. He actually played a game with us. And, um, I did see that. Normally when uh, normally when you get one of those guys, you, you sort of hold, hold your breath to see if they've actually got any ability, but he had plenty of ability. And oh, The bit I love, mate, is he... He hung around, had a kick with the, with the kids after the game for about an hour and a half, and yeah, it was just a real real highlight. Uh, now we have alluded to the the health scare you had uh, back in two thousand and twenty. Do you want, do you want to run us through a little bit more of what's happened, what the recoveries look like, and what the sort of future looks like for you in, involved in in football? Yeah, absolutely, mate. Obviously, uh, for those that don't know, I had a stroke, you know, twenty four months ago, and um, I had, in the end, you know, most story is that I had a hole in the heart and obviously a clot got through and um, yeah, sort of the rest is history but I'm pretty good now mate, most 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 things I struggle with is just more, more more the fatigue side of it, I'm um, sort of back physically fine if you look at me you wouldn't even know to be, to be totally honest but it's more about the um, yeah, like the um, struggle with fatigue side of it so I'm getting better at that so I've only just gone back to work for the last four weeks so it's been really exciting I'm doing five days a week so um I really enjoyed that, but um, yeah, I'm getting better every every time. So I decided to take 12 months off footy. Obviously, last year with coaching and I wasn't back at work, you know, and trying to be a dad, it was just too much. So I thought I'd step away for 12 months. And the young fellow Jack's coming through Clarence Ranks and, and the Devils program, and little Harry, me and, me and Damien Bosworth coach Harry's under 10 side, and Grace is playing a bit of cricket. So I'd rather put my time into them and um, yeah, just have had 12 months off and go and watch. Of course, Jackie boy, uh, Ian came to OHA three years ago and stepped into coaching for the first time last year in the Mighty Ships, winning back-to-back premierships. And um, that was a bit of a toll on you, mate, wasn't it, in terms of doing um, everything, as you've just highlighted. Is that coaching thing still there for you What one day or is it something you're not really too focused on at the moment, just, just thinking about the kids this year? Oh, it is, mate. Obviously, I've played footy for- you know, I've been involved in footy my whole life, so you know, I'd like to give something back to the game. Even though if that's not coaching, it might go, might go into a development role or something like that. Hopefully, fingers crossed, we get a Tassie team flash. Uh, I'm sure there'll be some jobs going there, even if I was a runner, it wouldn't worry me. No, no question, you'll be putting your hand up, mate, that's for sure. Wingnut, it's, 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 it's one of the ch- chatting here too, of course, former Adelaide Crow Ian, um, Ian Callanan. Nutter, you one of the amazing stories in your journey to, to playing AFL football. Um, played VFL, obviously, for Tasmania in, in the inaugural Tasmanian Devils. Played a lot of footy at Clarence. Played in premierships in Clarence. Is there any uh, point over your journey where you thought you, you might not play or you might never get the chance to play? I'm sure there was plenty. But w- well, let's talk about that fact that when you did get nominated and you did get drafted by Adelaide, what did, what did that mean to you? Yeah, it meant a fair bit. Jack, obviously, um, you know, all I ever wanted to do was to be drafted, and um, obviously that didn't happen early days. So in the end, mate, I just had the attitude of trying to play the best footy I could in the best competitions I could. So, you know, I was, I was lucky enough. I was not far off moving to Melbourne, and after I missed out in my draft year in 2000, I nearly went to Geelong as a, uh, the old supplementary player, Gary Davidson, was there, and he rang me, and then 
lucky enough, we, we got a side in the VFL, so I was a side of the same Tassie, and um, you know, had you know, six or seven unbe- unbelievable years with Tassie with um, you know, still some of my best mates today. And then in the end, I decided to roll the dice and move to South Australia, and that had nothing to do with being drafted. It was more about more of a challenge and go and play a different sort of standard of footy, and it was an opportunity for more life to move away and um, you know, work, work somewhere different. So we decided to go to South Australia and then obviously played some reasonable footy over there. And lucky enough, uh, as you two boys would know, you know Hamish Ogilvy that does a fair bit of work for Adelaide and is now their chief reverting guy, um, rang me after um, my fourth premiership and uh, said that Craigie wanted to have a coffee and I thought he was sort of taking the... Um, the Mickey out of me, to be honest, because he'd been on the, on the um, turf for about three days. So, uh, yeah, so I obviously went and had the coffee, and yeah, lucky enough to, to um, you know, get, get rookie listed and, and play the 30 odd games. But in the end, mate, all it was was to, to prove to myself I was just more about I got to play a game and play some okay footy at the level, just, just to prove to myself that I could play at the level. Well, Ian, it was fantastic to hear you back out in the field down there. No doubt, uh, with that no-touch policy, you were turning it on left oh. and right. One of, one of the great kicks left and right flash, isn't he? Oh, the best. The, the best. best. The best. The um, best. Mate, we are... Uh, well, one thing that did come out of that game, of course, is the Wilson Holmes managing director, Ben Setchell, got best on ground, the big set bomb. So, Wilson Holmes obviously a part of this program, but great to see him playing some good for you too. And great to see you back out there on the field, Nada. Congratulations, mate. Well done, Wiggy. Thanks, boys. There we go, the former Adelaide Crow and a bit of a journeyman, but just he was one of the great talents, Flash. Jeez, he could play. Jeez, he could play. You want to talk about somebody who kick a goal on his left side from from 45, 50. Anywhere. The best I've ever seen. The end. He is in any level of footy. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. On SEN Tassie, Jack and Flash, with Jack Revolt and David Lithgow. Uh, unashamedly Flash, that is one of the great intros uh, out there in Radio oh, Land, yes. our intro, isn't it? Yes, this of course is Jack and Can Flash. Can you give me a couple of bars or not? Jumping Just show the world, Jack. Oh, here he goes. I was born. <laughs> I'll leave my singing to Mr. Brightside, mate. Uh, well, welcome back to Jack and Flash on SEN Tasmania. Now, Flashman, I did give you a little bit of a clip off the end of the break there, but we are talking sporting rivalries, and of course, you yes. can text in 0437 552 535 or tweet us at, at SEN about your sporting rivalries out there. You're going to give us your top, Flash, here we are, Flash's top five sporting rivalries. What have you got well, for three- us? Well, the reason I started talking about this is because, obviously, in the March Madness time, even though we have clicked into April in American college basketball, and, of course, the greatest rivalry in college sport and one of the biggest in American sport is Duke versus North Carolina. Um, and they've actually never met at this stage of the tournament. I think they've played uh, 99 times. Duke have won 50 North Carolina won 49. And, of course, for people not aware, North Carolina is the home of Michael Jordan, Michael James Jordan. Worthy, Vince Carter, Danny Green, Kenny Smith, and Duke, of course. Remember the glory days with the Christian Leitners, Kyrie Irving played there, albeit for a short period of time, Jason Tatum, Grant Hill. This goes on. But uh, Coach K, in his very last game, potentially, he's retired, of course. Mike Krzyzewski. Co- yep, he's coached the American uh, men's team for the last three times. So... Okay, I'm actually not putting that in my top five, by okay. the way. So thanks for the, the preamble. Biggest rivalry, the, at number five, 
Um, I've got Real Madrid and Barcelona. Real Madrid. Huge, huge. Yep. I don't think it gets much bigger than that. I've, I've slipped one football one in here, and I couldn't get the Tigers in. And I know this hasn't been a thing for a number of years, but it's definitely Carlton Collingwood. Look, they've been... Isn't it? This year's got spice written all over it, because both of them have started... I think so. Well, two and zip. Wouldn't it be cool to get that back, by the way? How many, how many grand Man- final day are they playing a grand final? Oh, 110? Oh, and plus some on the roof, like the old days. 1970 was the one they got 100 and what they Hanging from the gum trees Mitch. in Yarra Park, they would be. Amazing. Um, Manchester United and Liverpool was enormous. It used to be Everton versus Liverpool back in the day, the Liverpool derby, of course. But my mighty Everton have been horrible this year, by the way. I might even get relegated. However, that's a, that's a significant one. The top two for me, Lakers, Los Angeles Lakers versus Boston Celtics. Massive. Huge. That is, that is pretty big. Massive. Tick, tick, tick. But the biggest one still, and this is from an Australian perspective, is Australia versus England. It is still Ashes cricket. The biggest rivalry for me um, in world sport. The biggest rivalry for you in world sport. You know, I, I, I like those. That's very good. That's very good. Before I get into my top five, I just had this text come in uh, anonymous. Fantastic to hear the people's champion is well and has bounced back so positive. That is, of course, about Ian Cullinan, who we just had on the show. And if you didn't catch that, you can catch it on the app uh, or on the podcast as well. So, Flash, I've got a right of rebuttal here, and I've gone the top five rivalries as well. Um I, I, I haven't got, looked as worldly as you. So mine is uh, Ford v Holden. I've got that at number five. Of You've course. become a car nuffy over the last few years. Like you're, you, you, is this? You have, haven't you? Oh, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. Yeah, Ford v it. Holden. Gee, Ford v Holden. Sure. Mount Panorama, flags yep. flying, Ford v yep. Holden. I had uh, uh, Australia v England uh, in there as four in the Ashes. Yes. And, and Ashes number cricket, four. test cricket will, Huge. Will, will never die. Due to the no, fact that of the ashes, um, Flash, you watch watch the wrestling back in the day. Were you a wrestling fan uh, back in the no. day? Triple H versus The Rock at number three. Uh, I love the I love WWE Raw Monday Night Raw. Um, used to get out with the pillows up the uh, jumper and do some wrestling out in the backyard with my two. Younger brothers, I think Charlie nearly fractured the hip when I did a swan time bomb off the front of the balcony there one time. Uh, number two in my biggest rivalry is not so much sporting rivalry as, of course, you and last night's umpires. I've got that in as number two because you, there is a rivalry brewing. No doubt you will pen a letter to each of the guys that umpired the game last night. Fantastically well, in my opinion. Uh, you will be penning a letter to them uh, and the Umpires Association about the way they treated your swans wasn't last funny, night. No, I'm not sure why you put that in your top five. <laughs> it was funny. This is the reaction no, I got, exactly the reaction I got. And the number one rivalry, or current rivalry, Chris Rock versus Will Smith. That is a genuine, <laughs> genuine <laughs> slapping <laughs> rivalry. It is. Oh, my goodness. Did you ever see that one cropping up? What were your thoughts? No. Um, I was still, yeah, I, it's, we just assumed it was fake, didn't we? That was the the, the thing, and then it well, wasn't. Well, there's a there. The jungle drums are beating is very, very interesting. What are you hearing? Oh, I'm, just, I'm just seeing. I'm watching on social media. I'm looking at possibly a little cheek mm. prosthetic that was there to maybe prevent the slap from hurting too much, and then just a lot of So things. there's still a little bit of talk that, that this was all mayonnaise, yeah, we'll, full we'll, egg. We'll cover it a little bit more okay. later in, in, in hot news or not news. 
Got a big second hour coming up here, Flashman. After 8 a.m., we'll be chatting to, or we'll be chatting to Som Brookhouse, the CEO of the Jack Jumpers. And of course, the Jackies are They're on, on the march. The march. Uh, we'll be talking about Justin Langer and the news that's come up about a possible coach. Didn't see job this coming at the Hobart Hurricanes. Very, very interesting. There, I've got a little bit of an inside word on that one as well. Uh, of course, hot news or not news, and you can get involved with hot news or not news. Send us a text on 0437 552 Of course, call us on 1300 42 1533. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. On SEN Tassie, Jack and Flash. With Jack Revolt and David Mitchell. Welcome back to another big hour of Jack and Flash right here on SEN Tassie. And, of course, the northern part of the state can be listening on 1611 SEN Track, Northern Tasmania, and across the country on the SEN app. It's all thanks to your mob, Flash, Harrison Agents, selling your home. Contact Harrison Agents today. Now, tell me, there's a bit going on this week. What, what's the latest with Dusty, mate? Um, not there last week. Is he going to play this week? How's he travelling? No, not named this week, does. Okay. Uh, still haven't sighted him around the club, so he's still away. Uh, having some personal time, uh, okay. sorting himself out. That's what so he's got to do. Hopefully we see him back down at Tigerland. No, not, so, not so much worried about seeing him out on the football field. That will come Absolutely. when it comes, but we're looking forward to hopefully seeing him back around the boys sometime soon. So, uh, yeah, interesting one. Big one on, well, in AFL history books, and we seem Huge. to be knocking records off left, right and centre with Buddy Franklin's 1,000th goal. Yep. Thousandth goal last week. It's hard to say, thousandth. Uh, but of course, Joel Selwood this week will break the VFL AFL all time record for games captain. Amazing. And captains the Geelong Football Club. I think it's 228, maybe 229 games. He's captain. Been the captain now for 10 years. Flash, what an amazing achievement that is. Yeah, and he's not quite the Joel Selwood that we know from a few years ago, but he still plays a very good role in that team. But his leadership must be just extraordinary. I've interviewed him a few times, and he's got such a good demeanour about him, hasn't he? What a absolute champion of the game that man's been. Maybe what's he? Is he still got another one in him? What's he? He's almost felt like he's had one year for a few years now. He's part hasn't of that two thousand and six, end of two thousand six super draft flag in two thousand seven. Two, they got Tom Hawkins and Joel Selwood in the same draft. Geez, that is an absolute steal there. What, what, why is he a good captain? Two part question to you. I mean, you played a lot against him. Why is he a good captain? Then second part of that, what actually makes a good captain? Ah, uh, well, I think Joel Selwood's a good captain because. <sighs> Whilst, and, and I mean, a lot of people obviously watch the football and they see Joel Seward and they probably know him for his ducking more, more than anything else and get frustrated because he's able to draw free kicks. But Joel Selwood's got a fantastic um, demeanour and persona off the field in terms of yep. very kind and caring, which in very. today's modern um, day of footy, we've got to transcend between 33 or four-year-olds down to 18-year-olds. You need to have a really good scope of of emotional intelligence and have the ability to have relationships right over the playing group, which certainly um, I heard Joel Selwood speak about that during the week. It's something that he really prides himself on. And then the ferocity game day. I mean, do you, you, could ha- uh, you could take a captain taking a big high-flying mark or you could take the captain, if you had the choice, between the, the big high-flying mark or the captain putting his head over the ball and just getting absolutely split open. You pick 
the one head over the ball every is that what you were never, is that what that you were never skipper is i could do both flash that's uh yeah, it's a bit disappointing why didn't you become captain no but <laughs> it's no oh, it's, um, i think you believe that i think you would love to be in skipper this year i've captain anyway, a couple of times in the, okay. in, in the past yeah had a pretty good record for a while there i think i was eight now and then last year happened and trent got injured and i lost a, a few games there so a, a lot of things and, and I, look i like um I love the off-field aspect. I think that's probably the most important thing. The on-field stuff comes, but I think the off-field aspect is pretty important. So, Jackie Boy, the Daily Telegraph reported early in the Big. week about Justin Langer has held promising talks about potentially taking over the Hobart Hurricanes job. And then on the back of that, we heard about obviously the England interest, which has been there, etc. Um, thoughts? Fairly good record, by the way. He won three with the Scorchers, of course. We know what he did with Australia, the T20 champions, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Is this real? This could have almost gone fake news or not news, but we won't. No, I, I, um, my, my, well, I've put my ear to the ground a little bit to this one. Uh, yes. And I think there's some genuine, or I think there's certainly interest from the Hobart Hurricanes aspect. They'd love to get JL along as the, as the coach, but I think there's genuine interest from, from, from the Langer camp as well in terms of what it looks like for him as yes. a fit. Now, look, the Australian, the coaching the Australian men's team, um, and and he obviously was extremely successful uh, in the twenty twenty world twenty twenty one World Cup, uh, the Ashes campaign. Um, it's the but the the time that takes yes. it, it takes a few, and and that's probably why we don't see um, cricket coaches in for long stints in terms of three to four years is probably the shelf life for. For a cricket coach, because of the constant travel and the constant being on, unlike the players, they get a bit of a players get a respite because they don't might not play across all formats of the of the um, of the cricketing world. That um, yeah, it's it's an interesting one. It really, it's, it's yeah, it is, and it's like in terms of life balance with him, um, you can do that three month gig, um, earn you three hundred grand, whatever you get doing the BBO. I have no idea. That's a pure guess, by the way, and. I mean, this is why we haven't seen Punter do it, have we? I mean, he he can now go and do his IPL gig and get a squillion from there. He gets a squillion from Channel 7. He does a little bit of consultancy along the way. Tick, tick, tick. Um, I don't think he'll be cap- coaching in England unless he's... You've got to be a lunatic to do this job for a long time, I reckon. <laughs> it's a really and, interesting and he, point, he probably has a bit, He has a bit of that in him. Um, maybe England's on the table, but... I'd find that hard to believe. There's not many cricketers out there with a black belt in karate, so oh. I don't know whether I'd use the word lunatic, uh, but certainly and I mean that in very nice I think you know what I mean. Very yeah. driven. And, and we know that with AFL coaches as well, Jack. I mean, the, you know a lot of them. Um, there's a little bit of lunacy floating around in many respects, and you've got to have a bit of that. I don't know. It's, uh, it's such a... Modern-day coaches in world sport is an awfully difficult job. Yeah. Awfully difficult. Well, the, the the pressure comes on, and the coach bears, bears the burden more than the most because they do lead the team. Realistic prospect. How, how do we feel about JL coaching the Hurricanes? And do you think oh, it's realistic? I'm putting it. I'm putting it as a fifty-seven point three percent chance. I think it's very low. What's the opposite of fifty-seven point three to round up to hundred then? Forty-two point seven. But um, that's, that's so. I'm going the. I'm going. <laughs> I'm going the overs. I'm going the overs. I think you. I think he's a huge chance for that job. I good have fit. No, in, no insight. Well, he's won a lot. What? What is a good fit? I mean, this is why I lost the job. What? What is actual? What is a good fit? Well, I Winning, think culture, talking in our circles, balance. What we know about JL as, as a coach that, and why he was so successful at the Scorchers and at Western Australia, 
is that he is just a cultivator of talent. His ability to make younger players better and with his experiences and his knowledge and his yep. teaching is, is – and I know we're talking about the Hurricanes job here, but he'd be a great fit for Cricket Taz as well at the moment, just to, to come in and, and cultivate this young group of, of, of cricketers, which we have Well, got they don't down. have a coach. They don't no have coach. a coach. So, no. uh, Ali DeWinter said, I'm not doing it next year. He's been the interim, of course. So I think I think he'd be a really good fit. The other news out of that is that Ricky Ponting, who was approached, um, and we don't know how forthright or how real this is. He was approached for the Australian job, and we put the price on at five million for him to do the job. He he doesn't want to do it. That doesn't. <laughs> I come said four. Four. I've I've put it at five. The yodeling man kept going past four million for me, all the way to five million, and he certainly didn't make. Uh, he didn't said that he didn't want to be a part of a, a full time coaching gig. We still see think that he may be involved as a as a t t twenty coach. But uh, Andrew McDonald uh, looks to be the coach of the the test team. It's that's done, isn't it? That's it, a... we, it hasn't been interviewed officially yet. Do we do we think that it's a fait accompli? It feels like it at the moment, doesn't it? It certainly, certainly does. I mean, who who else is there? I mean, uh, the, the, what are they? The, well, Darren Lehman's come out and spoken about Andrew McDonald. Um, yeah, he's. he's do, you, do you think there is anyone else that that no. that may roll in there? No, no, no. So we look to we look to see who coaches the Australian Test side going forward. We think it's going to be Andrew McDonald. But just imagine, we do. can you imagine Justin Langer coaching the Hurricanes and then our boy? T.D. Payne, just maybe sliding in there. and Ooh. We'd like to get him back out there, surely. Get him back out there, Hurricanes Purple. T. Payne, one more chapter. One Gee. more mm. chapter. Not sure about that. Well, after the break flash, we are going to be chatting all things Jack Jumpers, which we know you are very passionate about, and I, of course, too are right. very passionate about as well. We're chatting to Simon Brookhouse, the Jack Jumpers CEO. This is Jack, uh, this is Jack and Flash right here on SEN Tasmania. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. On SEM Tassie, Jack and Flash. With Jack Revolt and David Lithgow. The Jackies are on the march. Of course, a big round last week. Last round flash. Two wins. Two yes. very, very important wins. Got really tight at the end there against the Brisbane it Bullets, did, didn't it? Awfully tight. Yeah, I was sweating. I was sweating Brisbane Bullets sitting on the couch watching that one. But big, yes. big wins. And suddenly, the Jack Jumpers find themselves very in striking distance. David. They, they do. It's very exciting. You look at this ladder, Jack, and it's really tightened up. Melbourne's still on top at 15-6. and six. Uh, Sydney Kings have won 10 in a row. The Jack Jumpers play on Sunday, 14-7. and seven. Illawarra won last night, again, which is not, not great news. Not good. Um, they're at 15-8. and eight. They've won the last four. The Wildcats at 14-8. and Archie's mob. Yep. And then you've got Melbourne Phoenix and the Jack Jumpers at 12-10. and 10. Now, the good news is that they've got six games left starting tonight, Friday night basketball against Adelaide. They have to get the job done there. There's no question of that. Then they've got to beat Sydney. I reckon they've got to win five of their last six. And if they do that, 
they probably sneak in, but it's not guaranteed. Six wins, they'll get in. Well, we so do. It, head in- it's a long way off. It's not. It's it, it's a bit of a long shot still. It is. It is. It is. And we are going to head into. I'm going to say the nest into the nest at the Jack Jumpers, and of course, a very good friend of this program is the CEO down there at the Jack Jumpers, Simon Brookhouse. Simon, thanks for jumping on the line. No worries, guys. Good to talk to you. Great to have you on board, mate. The Jack Jumpers are charging. Obviously, have won four of their last five, uh, and right on the cusp. Of, uh, of getting into that, well, the, the finals four there, which is very, very exciting. Still not the benchmark for, for what we're setting this season, but you must be absolutely wrapped with how the season's going. Oh, look, we're very, very, very happy with it. And to think with the, we're a chance to make finals with six games to go was probably uh, unthinkable at the start of the year when we were putting the team together. So I think we've um, achieved more than we set out to in our first year. And now it would just be uh, amazing if we could win probably five of our last six will probably get us into the finals if things go our way. And tonight, the big game uh, against uh, the side that sits just below us in seven spot, the Adelaide 36ers over there in Adelaide. It's a, it's a pretty important game to, to get another win on the road, and on the road we've been strong as well. Yeah, look, it's a really important win. They played really well last week and, and beat South East Phoenix, uh, which did us a favour in terms of the finals race. But uh, they're a hard team to play, Adelaide. They're a big team, and... Um, they're playing really well for, for CJ Burton at the moment. So I think it's going to be a tough... Any, any road game's a tough game, but I think we, we match up well on them, and if we play like we did last weekend, we should get the win. Simon, good morning to you. Um, the road success this year has been outstanding. We've seen wins against United in Illawarra, the famous victory against Perth, uh, last week against Brisbane, Adelaide tonight. Mm. Tell us about that uh, when the guys are on road. Um, I know you're not there all the time, but what makes them a really successful travelling team? Look, I think it's just the closeness of the unit. I mean, the guys get on so well together. They they do a lot of things together outside of basketball and outside of, um, you know, in their normal lives, and they've become really close. So I think that just helps when on the road. They, they know each other well. They know the, the, the ins and outs of how they go about things, who they room with, and... It all just seems to click and work well, and I think it's just a testament to the, the coaching staff who brought the team together as well as they have. What people that don't realise, perhaps for the, the handful of people we don't understand and haven't watched the Jack Jumpers yet this year, we assume everybody's doing it. It's been an amazing <laughs> transformation in terms of the small ball lineup. It's one of the smallest basketball teams I've ever seen for a lot of the minutes during the time. We know Jock Perry's been coming on and doing a few good minutes, by the way, I reckon, the last month or so, but... To cover the big guy, that there was a two-part question, how's he going as well? But it's been a remarkable transformation of the team, and they've just kept winning. Yeah, and I think that's a, just a great, a great thing about the team. They're very versatile. Um, they're gritty. They're, they, they play hard. They dive on a loose ball. And the, what they make up for in size, they certainly have in heart and sort of, um, you know... Call it intestinal fortitude and how hard they work, but um, they, they have played really well without Will. But Will, Will is on track, he, he's coming along really well. He hit the court for training this week, so we are hopefully be back before the end of the year, which will be great. Of course, that Will Magnet there, uh, he's probably a star import, hasn't played a lot of basketball. But one man I want to talk about, and I think he's been absolutely welcomed into Tasmanian culture with open arms, and we're, he's certainly one of, one of us now, and that is, of course, the coach Scott Roth. <sighs> I love the words grit and I love the word heart. Those two words you just mentioned before about this, the team and their doggedness. It's, it's, it's born from Scott Roth, isn't he? Just the way he... Could you have asked for a, a better coach in terms of the way you've wanted to set this team up? 
Uh, no, I don't think we could have. I mean, what, what he's done is he's delivered on what he promised in terms of setting the, the foundation for a great defensive unit, build a culture, and then he, he'll deliver us wins throughout the season. So he's done everything we could possibly ask of him. But what he what he has done really, really well is is, is being a, a new franchise, and obviously we need to set the building blocks for the future. That's what he's done really well. The culture he's created amongst the guys and what it does is it for the future it means people want to come and play for this team and play for him and I think that's really important so no I don't think we could have done a better job of getting another coach he's, he's been absolutely fantastic Does he? do you think he'll win coach of the year is that I uh, know oh, it's probably a biased oh, opinion to, but he has to has win coach to. of the year surely he'll go close I think um, if Chase Buford from Sydney wins his next five or six games and finishes on a 14 game win streak he may get it but what Scott's been able to do with our roster with Magnay out and other injuries and COVID throughout the year uh, it'd be very hard to go past him particularly if we finish sort of uh, well if we make the finals I think you'll definitely win coach of the year but if we finish fifth or sixth I think he's well deserved of it as well Looking ahead, um, Simon, I'm sure you're already very busy about um, future options as, as new players, etc. Um, you've obviously got a stable team there. You'd like to hold on to everybody. How many actually players are contracted for next season? Um, what have we got? Uh, nine. So we've, That's we've good. got uh, about yep. four or five that can change. The three imports are on one-year deals, and there's a couple of other yes. one-year deals in the mix. Uh, out of those one-year deals, who, who like Matt Kenyon? Do he's he's out of contract? Is he a, is he one we'd yep. like to to show up because his impact in terms of the starting five uh, is plus minus is is through the roof. Arguably the best in the league. Would he be the the priority in terms of re-signing? Oh, look, Matt's really important to us, and what he's been able to do since he's been starting is uh, actually changed the the dimension of that starting five and he's been starting we've been winning more games so look we really want to get him uh, to stay he wants to stay as far as I'm aware and he loves it down here so I think that'll be something we do in the next few weeks Uh, Sunday well obviously the focus hasn't moved from tonight it's such an enormous game it really is in terms of you know the overall positioning of the ladder Um, is this the biggest game we've had so far Uh, undefeated Sydney um, it's going to be another full house, of course. Potentially a must-win situation. It really doesn't get much bigger than one o'clock on Sunday. No, that's right. I think it is. It will be the biggest and most important game we've had at My State Bank Arena. So it's certainly one to get along to. And uh, Sydney are playing really good basketball, um, and they've had the full and week off, which is a blessing for them. So I think they're on a nine or ten game win. I think we were the last team to beat them actually in Hobart. So Correct. Was, um, Hopefully we can deliver that blow again. So I think the guys match up okay on Sydney. They're, they're raring to go, and hopefully coming off a strong win, win in Adelaide, we uh, we come back Sunday and get the win. Last one before you let you go, Simon. Could you have dreamed that the the start would be as good as it has? Whilst we're not in the four at the moment, the basketball's been been fantastic. People are turning up. There's a real buzz about the Jack Jumpers. Has it exceeded your expectations? Yeah, look, I think it has in terms of um, the, the support all around. And I think the one thing that was really apparent was when we went, went to the two games in Launceston, and the, the amount of merchandise that the kids and the, the crowd was wearing and the stands there was really, really a high percentage of people who went to the games. And that sort of told us that, you know, the whole state is behind them and they've done a good job of it out in the community around the state. But I think, yeah, look, I, I, I couldn't have asked for a better first season and um, hopefully we can win a few more games and, and push knock on the door of those finals and get more games at home. Exactly right. Very, very exciting and mate, thank you very much for joining us. We really do appreciate it and good luck for tonight against the Adelaide 36ers and of course that big game that Flash mentioned at My State Bank Arena uh, Sunday, April 3rd, 2pm. The Jack Jumpers versus the Sydney Kings. Best of luck. Thank you, Simon. Thanks, guys.
Very exciting flash, man. It is the huge, hottest ticket huge. in town, the, the Jack Are you getting Jumpers. down Sunday? I oh, know uh, you're playing. No, I won't. We'll be playing, but no <laughs> doubt you'll right. be there. Are you calling on Sunday? Yes, looking forward to it. We'll be, uh, we'll be courtside ready for an enormous game for Tasmania. Very, very exciting. It certainly is the hottest ticket in town. I love that he mentioned the Silver Dome there, and hopefully love we it. can continue to, to build on this inaugural season. Just imagine if they played finals, Flash. It'd be one of the oh. all-time greats, wouldn't it? Well, it's the funnest uh, commentary thing I've done. I've got to be f- frank with you, so I'd happy to be part of that. Flash, don't know if you caught this one in the Mercury during the week. Uh, Ex-Melbourne President Joseph Gutnick is in town and living in the northwest coast of Tasmania. And has been, he is. Well, he's, he's been really strong in his push for, for a Tasmanian team. C- can he be an important part of it? Well, he's got deep pockets, hasn't he? So that's going to help things, hasn't he? I mean, what... Well, I certainly remember what he did at Melbourne, you know, twenty odd years ago. He was such a important figure there. Um, good on him. That's terrific. Um, he's got some business interests, I believe, here in Tasmania the, at the forefront for him. Um, so, enhancing his brand with a with a Tassie team that's that's going to be a good thing for everybody. Certainly I can passionate. Only yeah, he's certainly passionate about football. So I've got yep. a few quotes here. He says, since I'm going to be living here, I've got this football passion in my blood, so he'd very much like to help Tassie. He's not going to be president again. The five years I spent with Melbourne Football Club was enough for a, a number of lifetimes, and I'm certainly happy to support a club. And as you mentioned now, living up in the north, or as I mentioned, living up there on the northwest coast. And I just think that the more people we can have involved in Tasmanian football yep. early on, just to make sure we establish it the right way, floated the idea of private ownership quickly. What are your thoughts on private ownership or semi-private ownership in the mm, AFL? It's a hard how would you one, feel about how do you, how do you mix that up? How do you, how do you take it away from the members or, and uh, I, I'm not sure that's, that's quite difficult. Certainly is an interesting discussion. My, my, the way I remember Joseph Gutnick is when someone would come back in pre-season, they'd be like, geez, you're in Joseph Gutnick rather than Gutnick. <laughs> but uh, certainly I, I can remember him back in the Melbourne days. He was a, a very, very important figure. figure he sorry. says here, just quickly, he says, Tasmania has given to me, so I'll give back to football. And of course, there are other things where I can help out as well. So there we go. it's building, it's mate. Building, it's, it's, building, building, it's building. It's humming. Welcome back to Jack and Flash right here on SEN Tasmania. And Flash, we've been talking all things sports today. It's certainly been another big, big week in sport, mate. But it is time for the time honoured. And I brought this back to the show last week. I'm, uh, I'm not yes. plagiarised it. I'm actually going to be pretty honest and say that I did plagiarise this from the uh, Max Kellerman show. Over there in the on ESPN in the uh, in the United States of America, and that of course is hot news or not news. So o four three seven double five two five three five to join us in hot news or not news. Uh, Flash, have you been thinking about this during the week? Have you got any little segments you might or any little questions you have come up with? Um, look, I'm a I'm a swan sport just to put the. Um, things out there. So I've got a bit of hot news Ooh. and not news from last night. Maybe but you were a bit of hot news last night. Well, look, anyway, um, let's not remind me. We'll get to it. All right, cool. Well, I'll, I'll fire away. And one of the big talking points, obviously, of the week has been the West Coast Eagles, who did not, uh, well, uh, were unable to field a side in their normal 44 squad, so had to rely mm. on their COVID-20 COVID uh, to come in and play. And... 14 changes, a world record changes, t- tipped over the 13 that North Melbourne put over one round uh, back when the pre-finals buy wasn't around. So, Flash, hot news or not news, does the AFL need to adopt a policy of postponing COVID-affected matches for the finals? 
The show goes on, pal. The, the show, show keeps moving. You're I joking. Think, yeah, I think so. I, I understand um, we were talking with our producer, Mitch Scott, yesterday about this, the the repercussions and the difficulty if it if it gets the, a team at the wrong time, etc. But very difficult. West Coast were terrific, weren't they? How they actually handled all that last week on field. But no, at this stage, we need to keep moving. Um, sadly, I have full respect for what the AFL are doing here. So not news for you. I, I'm saying hot news because this... It's set now. The precedent is set for the season proper uh, and the regular season. But if finals roll around and we have a side that rolls out that hasn't, players that haven't played for the whole season flush, the whole season they haven't been there, they may not have even been training with the the team that they go out to represent in a final series. It cannot happen. It cannot happen. The AFLW have have, have postponed due to a COVID outbreak at the Collingwood Football Club. There is a bye week there for a reason. But oh, look! Can you can you imagine, Flash? Your Swans out there. All of a sudden, Franklin goes down, Heaney goes down, Parker goes down, Kennedy goes down with with COVID or in the COVID protocols, and they're not playing in a final. You'd be filthy, wouldn't you? No, no, I understand that. And you and the thing is, we're talking about round one as well. Um, what if this does happen in mid to late September? But you know, this this beast is moving all the time, and the rules will change accordingly if we. I guess have now huge outbreaks going forward. I'm saying not news. Hot for me, hot for me. What about this one? What about Thursday night footy? Should we be playing this every week? That... Should it just be a fixture locked in every week and it becomes a big part, a bit like we, we're NFL fans, everybody knows, you and I, and they have separate nights for separate events. Different TV stations actually, of course, whether it's ESPN or TNT or whatever it is, they... They promote it. That's their gig. I think it's... Well, I want to hear what you think. Well, this one here, whilst it seems easy to say, uh, yes, 100% hot, this is simmering away for the next TV rights agreement, I reckon. Yes. The, 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 the NFL model where games are sold off. So Thursday night football maybe with a certain broadcaster. Friday night football is with another broadcaster. Back to the, the sort of, I suppose... Amazon's involved. like Amazon, all, the, all yeah. these streaming services. <laughs> yeah. I've got a feeling that the AFL are teasing us with Thursday night football and teasing the fans yes. with Thursday night football and seeing how palatable it is. But mm. this is this is simmering, literally just a simmering hot at the moment, but we'll, well be... Well, we've had it before. It will like be hot. Channel 10 and Channel 9. They it had will be separate... hot, Flash. Yeah. yeah. Hot, hot news. Uh, Flash, hot news or not news, is playing two genuine ruck options essential in football in 2022. Look, oh, absolutely hot news. I'm a Ruck, uh, avid Ruck fan, and I think we saw last year the importance of Ruck, um, the Ruck division in, in all the big games, um, very much so. You've, you, you've got to... You, I mean, we, saw it last, we saw it last night, actually, with when Hickey went down with his knee. Amadi was pretty good, actually. He got up there, got his hands on the ball. Actually, I think he was a positive in the hit-outs, um, not known as a genuine ruckman, but he certainly looks like he's going to develop into somebody who can... You've obviously got to have the guy that can do it. Now, I mean, look at your situation at Richmond with Nan Curvis and Soldo. We haven't seen that combination really for two years, in fairness, in terms of longevity. Um, I, I think it's critical. You, you know better than I do. You're in the coalface. What do you uh, think? Um, I, I, I know you can't sit on the offensive. You've done it with both, <laughs> of course, haven't you, Tigerland? Yeah, I think that there is certain games that there's that, that, that hot news that certainly you would like to have two rucks out there, especially, uh, say, look at this weekend as well for for the Tigers. Um, fateful yes. is that we're playing against St Kilda, obviously, have 
Paddy Ryder and Rowan Marshall, two fantastic tap ruckmen and could arguably be number one rucks at, at, at most AFL clubs. So big, big week this week for the Tigers. Two rucks important, but then there's certain weeks where sides only have one ruck and maybe maybe one is the, the, the way to go forward. So hot one week, not the next flash man. Jackie boy, now listen here. If Buddy's thousandth goal happened again this week, would we see a different response from the AFL and its security teams? Well, it's Contractors, the, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> it's the AFL's backyard, so surely the the security at Marvel Stadium, or what were they calling them during the um, when they were worried about crowd behaviour or that? Like they were incident the, response marshals or something like that. They had the uh, had the little blazer on. Um, Let's be frank about it. We'll go down and watch Hutchins and RHA at Coimbra. There'll be more security guards down there. It was shocking, wasn't it? It was so bad. Give me a spell. What Uh, happened? They had no chance. Look, to be honest, I would have hated to have been organising that because how do you, like, do you go out there and do you ring Buddy in, like, sort of like a, I don't know, like a channel before he kicks that goal? And then what happens if he misses? But. They, uh, Did you get on the overs, by the way? I think I said the overs was 12 minutes. Oh, went mate. It went for 34. It was one of those absolute <laughs> blowouts where it was a plus 39 margin, plus 39 Jesus. and a half margin, and the fans have At absolutely cleaned up. 12 minutes. It did get brought to my attention, that 12-minute call from you. But, no, mm. certainly uh, they missed they missed the beat. And you know what? They've probably got a bit of time to get ready for the next person to kick a 1,000 goals because it probably <laughs> won't happen for another decade. Well, knowing your bullishness, you're still got thinking you'll play to 39. You'll play two years in Tassie. <laughs> You'll scrape up there the, in about five look, the years' only time. Bloke, the only bloke that could get there is Tom Hawkins. And I think that he What's might be... Hawks figures, please? I haven't got close to, He'd be 720, I'm not, around that sort Hawks of 700 not get mark, anywhere near it. He's not playing for seven, eight more years. He's not. Well, he doesn't have to. He's probably going to play for another five. Five. five and, and look, he's the same age as me, so he'll be playing until he's 38. So, uh, no, I think uh, I think there's plenty more time for the security to get ready for the next person. But 100 goals is probably, probably close. And that's actually a great question, Flash. Hot news or not news, is the 100-goal mark closer to the, than the 1,000-goal mark in, in Ooh, what, what would we see first? 100. 100. 100, 100, mm. 100. Give me a name. Who do you reckon will do it? If you're current crop? I don't have one. That's the thing, isn't it? I don't. Do you have Aaron one? Aaron Norton? Is he a 100-goal kicker type? Is no, he going to kick your 10s and 11s? The thing with Norton is, is the ball goes through him so much. And that's the one thing. You ha- you have to get the ball – you have to be seeing it inside 50, 15 times a game, I reckon. And, and Norton's so good at one-on-ones. There, there is games that he could come out and kick six, seven, eight, but you need to have – you need to have se- seven of those. You need to at least have seven or eight of those mm. games dur- during the year to, to be able to get to Yeah, that. yeah. if you're kicking 100, you, actually, you, need, you need eight games, at least if you're five-plus, and you've got to have – a couple bags of ten. You got to have two sevens and an eight. You know, in in to get there, it's a it's a big number. This one was uh, hot during the week, flash, and and has been hot for a while. The Medi sub, uh, which you know is coming just due to probably concussion more than anything else. But young Wanganine from Essendon, uh, obviously a fantastic jump presentation and father son at the football club. How do we feel about young players coming in and debuting as uh, Medi subs? Hot news or not news? Not. News. Oh, you cruel, cruel man! Well, look, yeah, it's it's a brutal game. This is the rules we are in play at the moment. We have a sub accordingly. Um, you, you've got to pick your best 23, 22 and a half, whatever you want to look at it um, for each week, and however it falls, it falls. That's where we're at. Okay, and the news coming out of that actually is that the Bombers have confirmed 
Young Wanganin there. He will be playing. He's in the 22. He's in the two. He's Isn't in the terrific? 22. So he'll be guaranteed a game and a start tonight as well. The AFL W playing the prelim this week. Uh, as you will know, we've talked about this before. Melbourne and Brisbane the, at, the, at the G. Um, will this lead to many more AFLW games to be played at the home of footy, the Mecca? Hey, I've got this as hot news. I, I think it's uh, it's a great initiative, um, and I think with the uh, AFLW hot. season starting again in, uh, we're thinking August or late August, um, why not piggyback these games together and, and, and have sides playing at AFL men's level and AFL yep. women's level and back-to-back. So I think it's a great idea um, and it's a great way to get more people involved in footy. Uh, so no, I've certainly got that as hot news. I'd love to love to be playing um, either I'm before or after Rays our girls. I'm Tassie, by the way. Curtin Rays in Tassie this year. They've got a couple things line up. I think t- the TSL are going to play before Certainly the a TSL well, game. I've diversed a bit, yeah. No, there's certainly so, a TSL game, which is very exciting yeah. for those guys. Mm. Uh, well, here we are, Flash. This has been the major talking point. It's got nothing to do with sport during the week, but certainly got to do with acting. And that is Will Smith and Chris oh, what Rock. There? What happened there? Clang. Absolute clanger. Hot news or not news, Will Smith should have his Oscar taken off him. The whole story is hottest of hot news. Have you got it as a fake that, story or have you got it as no, a... I think it's a real story, but um, lose your Oscar. It's an interesting one. Like The, the women in my um, family just discussing that in the broader sense, um, a lot of them very you know, sympathetic and semi-happy with the way uh, William, the, the Fresh Prince, uh, looked after his mama, his partner or his wife, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, he. Well, that's what Americans sort of use with their partners, etc. Um, I don't know about that. Um, yeah, I, I think it's. Uh, I don't think he should use his Oscar, should he? What uh, do you think he should? No, no I think he, he won the Oscar, but <laughs> I did find it quite Slap. funny that they asked him to go and leave, and he said no. And they're like, I'm not All right, going. Then, I'm not going. And they, they said no, and he goes, "Yeah, okay, then I won't be leaving." Uh, Rightio, here we go. Glenork, uh, Grant from Glenorchy has texted this one in, and you, of course, you can join us, 0437 552 Morning to you, Grant. Will Tasmanian football leagues be impacted by COVID this year, Flash? Probably. We're coming up into winter as well. Um, I think 2,500 uh, people with COVID during the week was, this, was this, I guess, the spike in terms of what's happened in this COVID history in Tasmania. Uh, yeah, it will. I think that's I think that's a, a guarantee. That's hot news. It's a no-brainer already. We've seen in the first round of uh, TSL that some sides un, haven't been able to feel or have had players come out due to COVID. Uh, yes. I saw a great comment from um, I'm not sure who the Kingston coach is or the Kingborough coach, sorry, is, and said, "Well, we want these guys to live their lives, so they're going to go out on a Friday night and a no, Saturday night, sorry, after the game. So um, that's where a lot of these players are, are unfortunately contracting the virus. Tell me this, mate." Friday night double-headers. Should this be part of footy moving forward on a regular basis? Oh, I just don't like footy going back to, uh, like, running into each other. So I don't like that there's a crossover. I, I would like to see, and I know that it um, probably doesn't suit the broadcasters that well, but if we're going to have double-headers on a Friday night, it's a 5.30 game into an 8.30 game, and, and let's make sure that the 8.30 game's over in, in Western Australia. And, and that doesn't work. It, but, it, like... 
I, I would say no. I would I would certainly, I hope we don't have any Friday doubleheaders. Um, but We'd I understand the clearing of the air flash. This is the clearing of the air yes. for the AFLW. So uh, it is an important part of, uh, of, of getting the women's game on centre stage on Saturday afternoon, which is certainly hot, hot, hot news. The last one here, Flash. And it is, oh, well, it's one close to your heart, but uh, free kick counts meant to be equal in football. Let me be very clear about this. In 2016, uh, again, I'm a cheerleading Swan supporter. You and I went to the grand final. We sat next to each other. No one gave two hoots the fact that that was the worst umpired game of sport I'd ever seen. 27 free kicks to 10 from memory. No one gave a continental because everybody on God's green earth was barracking for the dogs. They were. And last night, I almost saw... It again, that was horrific last night. Our, our leader here at SEN, Jared Whateley, mentioned on a number of occasions how it was poorly refereed and certainly wasn't very much in the Swans' favour. They didn't deserve to win the Swans last night, by the way. Let's be clear about that. The Dogs had so many opportunities, but goodness me, it does matter. Like What, what were they watching last night? What, like, I'll let it go. I'll let it go. Take your scarf off, buddy. Take your scarf well, off. Well, were you t- was Jerry been... wrong as well? Then are you sorry? No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, okay. mate. That, that sometimes they go. Sometimes it goes your way, and sometimes yeah, it doesn't. Unfortunately, yeah. for the Tiger supporters out there, 18th in free kicks, four and 18. Do you want to have a look at the Swans' last 20 years? They are on the bottom every year, and I don't know. <laughs> not, why. mate. What? The Tigers are. The Tigers right. are. We're just holding you, blokes. Up. That was hot news or not news? We'll do it all again next week. Don't forget, you can join us with hot news or not news, or just our te- uh, uh, tweet us. Sorry. During the week, and we'll put that in there. 0437 That's it. Welcome back here to Jack and Flash right here on SEN Tassie. That SEN Tassie's got a great ring to it, of course, transitioning from SEN Hobart and Flash. A big, big week of sport. Another big show. Any shout-outs we missed over the show? Have you got anything there for me? Uh, I want to talk about the Tassie women's team. Oh, what yes. a performance How that good. was in the cricket. Eight in a row, did they win to, is that to finish the I- season? Eight in a row, whop, 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 whop. Went right through them, of course. They absolutely put the sword through South Australia. They got a pretty good total, of course. They made 242. Well, nothing to see here. Mannix Jeeves, 100. Delaney, 100. Got them nine down with with two or three overs to spare. What a performance that is. Um, And congratulations to Corinne Hall. She's been a... A real trooper of Tassie women's cricket for the last decade, and she pulled up stumps after the game. And what a way to go out! They were absolutely outstanding. Great performance. Anything you're looking forward to this weekend? Um, look, footy again. I'm a look, look. My focus is very much on the Jack Jumpers playing Sydney Ooh. on Sunday. I can't move past it. I know now. I know it's not the biggest game of sport in the last twenty years in Tasmania. I got. <laughs> I brought that up for two seconds and Mitch Mitch cut me down like nobody. There was a game of cricket that was pretty handy the other week and there was a couple of finals in. But this is a huge game. The Sydney Kings, 10 in a row. Uh, We don't know, of course, they're playing again tonight against Adelaide. That's a must win for the Jack Jumpers. But win tonight, beat Sydney. All lines are open for finals basketball. The Jackies are on the march. And, of course, Maddie's yep. match uh, Sunday, Tigers versing the Huge. St Kilda Football Club. Uh, of course, that is very important to myself and my family. And, of course, we'd love to see, whilst it's not a Richmond home game, we'd love to see plenty of uh, footballing fans Indeed. along there, whether they be Saints, uh, Tigers or impartial, come along and 
help donate some money to, to Maddie's vision. Of course, we've uh, well, over $10 million raised flash so far, and uh, the majority of that $10 million has been out in the community working. So, Congratulations, mate. It's been a sensational ride, and it just keeps building and building and building. Well done to you and all the family. It does. We're very, very lucky to have the support of uh, the AFL, uh, well, the AFL community and the AFL family. So I'm certainly awesome. looking forward to Sunday. That's been another big show, Flash. Um, well, so, so just we just continue to, Chip to roll away. on, don't we? Chipping away, chipping away. And uh, as the show grows, so does the well, the Goliath of David Flash Lithgow. I notice they still haven't changed that picture on the social. So I'll have to have a word to the whipping boy about that one. But up next... It is the captain's run, and of course, Sammy Eben will be taking that. We look forward to catching you next week. This is Jack and Flash on SEN Tasmania.